don't. Like, who's the former player that they get on their team to go be a broadcaster? Like, they don't have that crap, so everybody's just basically just – they can get anybody at this point, but – True, yeah. They, yeah, uh, they just play wherever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vegas – very, very much. I mean, they're not completely eliminated. Obviously, Dallas is a little bit of a, a little bit. They, they've they, they've left mean, the door open. Point. We'll say they left the door yeah. open. So they they have to. Uh, I know it's a tough task, but they they have to <laughs> go and beat the Arizona Coyotes. Um, in in reg. Well, no, they it doesn't have to be in their Just need a just, point. Just need a point. Yeah, just got to get yeah. to overtime. Um, and. Did you know that uh, 57 times out of, well, actually it would be even more because whatever, I don't know what their overtime record is, but I mean, just for regulation, they've lost 50 times. (laughs) So your chances are high. Your chances are very high that the stars are going to clinch tonight. And if they don't, I mean, the the other thing is, you know, you go, okay, the, the, the stars, all they need is a point. Okay, there, there's a scenario where the stars could potentially lose the last two of the games of the season. I, I don't think that it's going to happen. They and both at home, by the way. Yeah, both at home. Yeah, and th- and that was the kind of one of the advantages coming in was they we looked at their schedule and you go, okay, the stars are gonna, uh, you know, they've they've got a pretty light schedule other than Vegas in that previous game and. The stars, man, they showed up. I I loved it. I le- like Ottinger played fantastic, and Jason Robertson. He just looks like he's having the time of his freaking life. So I, I yeah. that's a team that they're going to be sneaky. I mean, they're going to have to play either Calgary or Colorado. I'm, yeah, probably I'm, Colorado, but I mean, still. I mean, well, it's just a. It's a crapshoot at this point. I mean, 95, 95 points for Nashville and Dallas with two games well, left. Well, part of me wants Nashville. And Cal- I was watching I, Nashville and Calgary, too, last night, and I want them to play each other. Oh, yeah. It was great. I, well, I kind of want to see a Na- – see, remember Nashville played Colorado in the playoffs? What was it, like four years ago maybe? Uh-huh. And uh, and Colorado beat them, uh, but Nashville kind of like held their own in there. I, I kind of want to see a rematch of that, too. I don't, I don't know what – which one I want to see, but it doesn't matter. Either way, Dallas, Colorado, Dallas, Calgary. Um, I, I think. Yeah, I feel like Dallas, Calgary would Calgary would just run over them in a second. But I don't know. Yeah, just I, a gut feeling. I mean, I don't. I I don't like either wild cards teams' chances against Calgary <laughs> right. or Colorado. Like, I do. I think that they're going to get swept. No, but I don't think that they're going to go and walk away. Uh, with a victory in those, but same same in the East. I I don't see either uh, either wild card team beating Florida or Carolina. Just I, I don't see it. Uh, both are. It depends, I guess. If Carolina doesn't have Freddie Anderson back, I don't know. Yeah, Ooh. I Ooh. Carolina's just won five in a row. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> still, and they had. I, don't and, know. I mean, hey, the Rangers had every opportunity to. Uh, to, to go in and beat Carolina and, and they couldn't do it. So you get yeah, that I'll nice little that, two but. point swing and if they had won that game they had a shot at uh at snagging first in the division still, but they, they couldn't do it. So yeah, it's uh by the way I started recording <laughs> about four <laughs> minutes ago. So, about four minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. I just we were talking, I was like hey, by the way, welcome to the show. Uh O T hockey talk. I'm Mark it's Justin. 
you already know us, I mean, if you're listening. If you're randomly of the first first time this is you listening, then you got a weird beginning to the show. <laughs> Because we just got to talk and I was like, I don't want to, I want to actually hear what, I felt like people would want to hear what you were saying. So I just hit the record button. It was right when you were talking about the Vegas Golden Knights not having a broadcaster who play, used to play for them. That was when I hit the play uh, record That's button. That's great. So. so yeah, anyways, welcome to the show. Uh, we're, you know, this is just what we like to do. We like to talk hockey. So uh, yeah, sometimes you can just hit the record button and <laughs> and that happens. And it sounds like probably sounded pretty close to a, a normal show there anyway. So uh, uh, now you have to put your show voice on, Justin. My show voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's like my bartender voice. I don't know. So do you have I a bartender this, voice? Dude, I saw this funny meme the other day. It was just basically, it was called server voice. And it's like the way people change their voice when they go up to a table. It's like. Hey, I'm Justin. I'll be taking care of you tonight. How's it going? And like, I'm like, no, I don't. What do you want to drink? Like, just well, you tell all me. of a sudden become like a little bit like flamboyant as a waiter. A little bit. <laughs> Pitch gets a little higher. You know, you start like you like you're excited that the world is your oyster. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. it's really, like your phone, like a phone voice. I feel like everybody has a phone voice. A little bit, yeah. Depending on depending on uh, the reason for calling, you you might have a. Uh, a nice relax. Hey, how's it going? Oh yeah. And then you might have a, okay, I got this thing in the mail and I need you to stop sending it to me. You know, you might have a pissed off. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what, funny you, phone voice though. My, my mother calls me at like always the worst possible times. Like when I'm dude, busy doing something, when I'm you like mean every, half every, every, everyone couch. listening right now that has a mother with a cell phone or had a mother with a cell phone knows what you're talking about, but it would keep going. Dude, yeah, and no joke. Whenever I answer the phone, I like my my wife told me she's just like, "You sound like you're exhausted and you have no desire to talk to your mother anytime <laughs> she calls." Oh, no know. desire. I'm like, well, I mean, she asks the same questions every time. You're like, well, she like, calls us ev- after sex every time. I don't know. <laughs> she's just like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, no, it's it's cool. What's new? Nothing since last week. Literally nothing has happened differently in my life than what was happening last week. And uh, I don't know. Maybe she's hoping one of these times she'll strike it rich and get something really interesting out of me. But really nothing fun happens in my life. So well, she's hoping nothing. you'll just be like, oh, yeah, I mean, we're pregnant. You know, she's maybe right. she's hoping for one of those. Yeah. And my wife is just like, you are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Baker, terrible son, wonderful podcaster. There we go. So at least you have that going for you. At least. And solid home remodeler. Or should I or is it cottage remodeler? I don't I'll go adequate, but I'll take it. Yeah. A- adequate. Okay. Adequate. Yeah. Solid, adequate. They're they're in yeah. the same family. House yeah. won't fall down. <laughs> hey, how's I mean, hey, you're doing you're doing the work that uh people would be afraid to do on your house. That's Justin's true. doing a lot to... of uh foundational things to a home. Down to the studs, baby. Down to the, the joists and the 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 rafters oh what a good time what uh, a good time well okay so now we're uh you know only eight minutes into the show and we'll tell you what we're talking about now uh if you're still here thanks for uh you know thanks for hanging out for the last eight minutes uh we got to break down some playoff series because we are rapidly approaching the playoffs and i mean this is not our this is not our full-time job so you know we we have to uh 
we got to we got to do things while we have the time. And since there's two playoff series that we know are coming, we are going to do a little deep dive into the two playoff matches that on uh, what is it Wednesday Wednesday the 27th of April in the 2022nd year of our Lord. Uh, the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues and the Edmonton Oilers and LA Kings. Only thing we don't know is who between the Blues and the Wild have home ice advantage, but we we can we can muddy through that. Uh, both teams have like pretty similar home and away records, so whatever. We'll just you know we'll just pretend that uh, that's not as big of a factor. I mean, I I I don't. I wonder, you know. How much of a factor does that have now? Home ice advantage. Or how much of a factor will it play? I mean, obviously, teams are better at home. But is that because of COVID? Like, has that been because, like, the, in, in the, over the whole span of this season, you had a lot of weird stuff happening when you went, like, if you're Colorado, who's only lost eight games at home all year long, uh, you know, maybe it's, hey, home's home's nice, comfortable. We don't have any restrictions. And then you go away to California, New York, to Canada, and you have these restrictions. And it's just a little bit funkier and a little bit less comfortable to travel that maybe that's why the the away records are the way that they are. I don't know. What, what do you think, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I, I could see there's a difference, right, if you're a team like uh, – Calgary and you're playing say for instance you you have to play Nashville right there's that whole time zone difference so yeah that that might play a little bit of a factor but for the most part I think most teams don't really care anymore and it really doesn't have too big an effect I mean you look at Edmonton right they're 26 and 12 at home 21 and 15 away it's not that big of a difference and you know again you look at some of the teams at the bottom uh Dallas and Nashville for example they you know Dallas does not have a winning record yeah, Dallas away from is not, home, not so they might great, yeah. uh, yeah, they might want to stay at home, but for the most part, I think most teams just really don't care. They go out and get business done. And uh, But you know what, yeah. Justin? That also uh, has a little bit to do with the fact that they played more away games uh, when they were really struggling. And they've actually played more home games down the stretch where they've been pretty decent. Uh, so I wonder, you know, I wonder what that kind of has to do. I mean, Dallas is the only team in the playoffs with a minus goal differential as well. Um, LA's pretty close. They're a plus two, but uh, yeah, Dallas with the minus goal differential, but they've they this the the this is the beauty the NHL playoffs you just got to get in the regular season really does go away because hey yeah you might have been you might have lost you know at this point Dallas has lost thirty five total games this year so yeah you lost thirty five games but their team was very different in November compared to now right like I mean sure. the the players that have come not out of nowhere, but who have taken huge leaps this year. Uh, and then Jake Ottinger, of course, really coming out of nowhere in some, some sense. Uh, I mean, th- we all thought that there'd be a few other goalies ahead of him. And, uh, and here we are, he's the one stealing the show. I mean, he's, he's probably going to be the, if Dallas stands any chance, he's going to be the reason why, but uh, it's, I mean, it's an opportunity for anyone who's had a bad regular season to hit that reset button. We see it time and time again where a bad regular season and all of a sudden you go, oh, he only had three goals all year and now he's got four and seven playoff games. You know, it, it happens all the time. Uh, so, well, Justin, what series do you want to start with? What, LA, 
or Minnesota? Let's go LA Edmonton. Okay. I feel like that might be a little bit easier to talk about. Okay. All right. The uh, Edmonton Oilers, Los Angeles Kings. Uh, I I think the biggest question in this series is going to be Edmonton's goaltending, perhaps. I do. Do we think that that's probably like? Hey, can can Edmonton's here? Here we go. I mean, it's Edmonton should win this series. They need to win this series, but is it? It's going to come down to goaltending, probably. Yeah, you know, I think goaltending for both these teams is kind of a wash. And and what I mean by that is, look, Mike Smith has been hot down the stretch here. He's been playing some really great hockey. I mean, look, they they you know they went in and they they beat Colorado six to three. Uh, Mike Smith looked good in that. He looked really great against Pittsburgh. Tried to score a couple empty netters, which was great last night. Uh, you know, Edmonton, a, you know, playing Cal or Columbus, that that's a game they probably should have won. Didn't walk away with that. But you know, Anaheim again, six to one. So, so really, I mean, and same goes with LA too. Jonathan Quick's been kind of turning it on lately, so he he looks a little bit closer yeah. to the 2014 form that he you know once had, and so. You know, I think with with both these goaltenders at their age and uh, Mike Smith just, you know, being 40 years old, um, you know, hopefully both guys are healthy because to me this would be a wash if both these guys keep playing like they are. Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's just take a look here at the four games that these two teams have played against each other. Uh, Edmonton is 3-1 and one against the LA Kings. Uh, goals four. 13 for Edmonton and 12 for LA so that that's been pretty close in terms of adding those goals up so if if you know if this was 1916 back when they used to play three games and whoever scored the most goals won the series (laughs) (laughs) um you know it it would be tight uh I mean also this Oilers team is really a different team under Jay Woodcroft uh that's oh instead of Dave Tippett right like I mean, twenty four nine and three compared to twenty three eighteen and three. So uh, it, I, I think that this team really, com- how they've been playing the last thirty five games compared to the first forty two forty three games, uh, is is markedly different. And I, I think that 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 is something that is going to maybe get over overlooked. That Edmonton really is a lot better than than where they're sitting right now, um, which is still good. Like they had a good season. A hundred point season is nothing to balk about, but I think they are better than their, their record, which is pretty terrifying actually. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You can't, I mean, you can't discount that, right? They, they just look better. And what's funny is even, uh, you know, Dave Tippett known as more of a defensive coach's coach. um, Really? I mean, under the new leadership and new coaching here, they, play better defensively so you know with with that in mind you're going to go up against a team like la that is you know known for for playing more of a well-rounded game too so um you know between anze kopitar who in my opinion is one of the better defensive forwards in the game and uh you know again philip deneau in there as well they got two really good defensive-minded centers down the middle to go up against this uh who this scary Connor mcdavid leon dreisaitl matchup so yeah, um, I guess the uh, you know you have to ask. I know Darnell Nurse was was out. Uh, that would certainly be. Uh, I, I think that come playoff time, I think he's he's supposed to be ready to go. 
Um, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, injuries are always something that will play a factor in the playoffs. Uh, but anytime you're talking about somebody's number one defenseman, it's it could be a little scary. Uh, who do you think's going to get the going to get the nod for Edmonton in goal? Oh, I, I have no doubt it's Mike Smith. I mean, the way he's been playing down the stretch, he's going to be the the go to guy here, and it's going to be his net. Um, but how short even... how short slash long is the leash? Yeah, I mean, I would say honestly, it's going to be a situation if he comes out and has a couple stinkers the first two games, and Edmonton goes down zero to two, they'll make a change at that point. Yeah, I mean, um, he's won his last five, right? It's, I think that's yeah. Now, if they're if they're close games, if you know he's not stinking it up, and that if he's playing pretty good, and they still go down zero to two. I think, you know, they'll still continue to ride Mike Smith as long as he's playing well. Um, there's really no reason, unless you're down 0-3, your backs are against the wall, or, you know, Mike Smith is just playing like absolute garbage to go to Koskinen at this point. Yeah, uh, by the way, he has won, uh, he's won almost all of his, 11, out of 11 games, he has won, uh, or out of the last 13 games, he's won 11 of them that he's played in um, one of them. He didn't start another one. They lost in a shootout, I believe. So uh, yeah, he's been playing very well. <laughs> he's won like eight <laughs> in a row. So yeah, he's, I'd say so. he's been rolling. Uh, but yeah, it, you just hope you hope. I mean, this is probably, this might be the last hurrah for Mike Smith where he's going to be a starting netminder for a team. I just hope he can stay healthy. I really do. Yeah. Like he, he is, Maybe he's he's definitely not the best goaltender. No doubt in my mind, is he the most fun and interesting goalie in the playoffs? There's there's no no one else no one else plays the puck like he does. I mean, he's he's kind of the last of his breed. You know, goalies just don't play the puck the way they used to because they they can't. You know, like they used to be able to go into the corners remember and and uh so there was a reason to be brought up learning how to stick handle and be able to play the puck a ton guys just don't do it anymore just it's just much more rare uh so mike smith i i hope he i hope he does well um but on the other side of the ice uh you know who who do you go with if you're la are you are you going in with with uh with jonathan quick are you going to kind of give Cal Peterson, the the like, hey, thanks for playing so well that you got us into the playoffs. But Jonathan Quick looks pretty decent, so we're gonna scoop him in there. Yeah, I think you have to go Quickie. I mean, he is he's been playing, you know, just as good as Mike Smith down the stretch. He's basically, uh, you know, there was a short moment there where where literally it looked like LA might actually fall out of a playoff spot. Yeah, and then they got on a yeah they got on a little bit of a heater. They they've won four in a row now, and it's mostly because of Jonathan Quick, right? And so, you know, I think, again, if, if you're the team considering his experience and what he brings to the table, I think you have to go with Jonathan Quick at this point. Now, again, I, I think the leash might be a little bit shorter with Jonathan Quick than it would be with Mike Smith, where, you know, hey, if, uh, you know, even if he's still playing good and they're down 0-2, you might go to, to Cal Peterson to just try to shake things up, right? Whereas at Edmonton, I don't think you need to change goaltenders to shake things up unless Smith is playing poorly. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess something that I, something that's, that's clicking for me here, the, the Kings and the Oilers actually did play each other, uh, not too long ago. Uh, so that, uh, you know, or Jonathan quick, what he played against the Oilers March, March 30th and April 7th, they played against each other. Uh, 
and uh, Oilers won both those games. So that's uh, it was it was a game that uh, that Jonathan Quick actually got the hook. So looks like he got the hook. No, he didn't get the hook. 33, 33 shots against three goals against that. There you go. Um, yeah, but both one goal games. I mean, both one granted, goal games. Yeah, an overtime yeah. game. Yeah. So they're they're tight games. They're you know the competition's really tight. I mean, early on in the season, right? LA wins five to one. Then in February, Edmonton wins five to two. So again, close games, pretty even. It looks like just on paper when you look at this regular season series. But um, is it really that close? I mean, do you think that you know again? LA's forward group and defensive structure and on their back end without Drew Doughty, mind you. Uh, yes, they are getting Mickey Anderson back on defense, who is was their top defensive defenseman playing alongside Drew Doughty during most of the regular season. But um, you know, do you think LA's defense can contain this forward prowess that is Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl? I guess right. Yeah, and as as far as a team defense, you know, because it's going to take more than just a defenseman. Uh, you know, you're talking. Uh, I mean, here's here's the opportunity to shine. You know, this is uh, uh, Winnipeg last year. They were able to contain Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl pretty well. Like as much as you can hope to contain those guys. Uh, remember, they had Connor McDavid going pointless for a, a couple games there too. Yeah. Uh, but who do you who are you matching up against McDavid? Is it Philip Deneau or is it Andre Kopitar? Because you've got. I mean, that's a pretty nice choice between those two yeah. guys. And Philip Deneau has had a really nice offensive season. One that, uh, you almost, you know, watching him with the Montreal Canadiens the last couple of years, uh, I don't think that when he's coming to L.A. that you're thinking, okay, yeah, here's a guy who's, uh, who's going to put up 20 goals. Seeing as he's never even scored 14 before, uh, he goes and he scores 26. He's got 50 points. His second best regular season of his career, uh, 53 was his his uh, career high. But more shots than he's ever taken in his career. I mean he he's had he has proven that that contract man and getting more responsibility and maybe having a little more openness to the to their game. That's been fantastic for him. Philip Deneau is like a a totally different player in some respects. Yeah, and the great thing is, is right when he was in Montreal, he was there was pressure on him to be that top defensive forward. He had to go and shut down every single team's top offensive lines, right? You had to match him up with, because you weren't trusting a guy like, uh, you know, Suzuki against, against these players or anything like that. And uh, you certainly weren't trying to throw out Cole Caulfield <laughs> against these guys. So, you know, he and, uh, you know, Josh Anderson last year were, were really the defensive guys for Montreal. And so, yeah, in LA, right, he doesn't have that pressure. They've got Anze Kopitar, so they've got other guys who can, who can do this. And I, I think if you're LA, you would probably prefer to, you know, put Kopitar up against McDavid just because I feel like Kopitar still got that better all around game. And I think if you had to go point for point, it might be better. But again, if, you know, if you, well, the nice thing is you don't have to uh, like away from home, you know, you're going to have those two guys in and out. And, and if the Edmonton decides to split up dry and and McDavid, which they, they do, uh, you've got, you know, you've got both of those players to to come in, which very few teams. Now, it's not that like most good teams have two good centers. Very few teams have two Patrice Bergeron type of players, right? Like right. Boston has one Patrice Bergeron, 
LA might not have t- combined. They probably have like maybe like 1.7 Patrice Bergerons. All <laughs> uh, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's the fact that they have these two, their top two centers are really known for their defensive prowess, which is rare, uh, really kind of puts them in a unique boat, maybe gives them a chance. I mean, you have to, you have to hold McDavid and Dreisaitl to something within reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I what, mean, you got to keep them to maybe a point per game at the most, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's really where you ideally would like to keep them. If you know you have to go seven games, don't give Connor McDavid more than six, seven points, and same with Dreisaitl. So um, that's going to be the challenge for this forward group. And can they shut down, you know, these offensive juggernauts? Yeah, I mean. Okay, this is what I want to ask you. You know, I I think there's going to be there's going to be people out there that they pick the LA Kings just because they're, you know, trying to they're trying to pick a a like a an upset kind of deal, but uh, I think for the most part people are going to pick the Edmonton Oilers to win this series. So, with that said, what what do the LA Kings need to do to win aside from of course, I mean, don't let them score, right? Don't let Connor McDavid score. Uh, <laughs> but there, there is, you know, Connor McDavid still is only playing about 20 minutes a game, maybe 23. Um, there's still 30, 40, 37 minutes uh, of the rest of the game where he's not on the ice. Um, what do they need to do to win? And who do you see being the person who uh, is would be the guy who you know, maybe surprises people? That X factor, huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, first off, if L.A. has a, a shot at shutting down Edmonton and really taking over the series or winning it, at least, uh, because I agree with you, I do think most people are picking Edmonton to, to come away from the series. But if L.A. wants a chance, they have to be disciplined and stay out of the box. Edmonton has such a dangerous power play. They're number three in the league right now at 26.1 percent, uh, just behind St. Louis and, and Toronto. And if you look at L.A.'s penalty kill, it's towards the bottom of the league, league I believe, at 20 23rd in the in the league as far as penalty kill is concerned, below 80%. I think, uh, gosh, what's the number? 76.4%. So those numbers are pretty terrible. Not only that, too, but you have to up your power play game because they're at 26 best in the league. So their special teams are not good at all at either side. So that's that's the difference to me is because, you know, your power play is going to miss Drew Doughty, so you're not going to have that quarterback for you back there. And so you have to stay out of the box as well because – Edmonton's going to beat you on the special teams. They're going to beat you on the power play. So if you can stay out of the box and limit those offensive chances for Dreisaitl and McDavid and Evander Kane to be on the ice together, that could lead to some success for you if you just keep it to five on five as much as possible. Now, I guess if I had to pick an X factor for for um, you know L.A., I think honestly I might have to go Quinton Byfield. Um, you know, I think there's been you know. Obviously, he's still developing. He's still, you know, putting his game together. He did have uh, two helpers in the last game. That was his, uh, I think, his first multi-point game. You could be right about that, yeah. And, I mean, so there's not a lot of pressure on him playing third and fourth line minutes right now. I mean, obviously, they got Blake Lizette, Lizotte, uh, you know, playing third line center minutes right now. But, um, you know, for a guy like, you know, Quentin Byfield, who is such a high pick, he's, you know, 38 games, 10 points, so... You know, he still has some growing to do, but I think this is a good opportunity for him, and maybe he seizes that 
against a weaker bottom six on Edmonton when he has maybe a favorable matchup situation that he can kind of take advantage of. That's a great point. The L.A. does have a little bit more forward depth than the the Edmonton Oilers, uh, uh, mostly because, you know, they're they're willing to play uh, a guy like Trevor Moore up in their top six. You know, he's been playing yes. with with Philip Deneau and, and Victor Arvidsson when, you know, now that he's he's healthy. Um, Arvidsson only played in 65 games uh, like a du- Dustin Brown only played in 63. You know, they they had some some decent injuries throughout the year. I mean, obviously we know Drew Doughty's out. Um, but for a team that was, you know, expected to take a step but not necessarily expected to make the playoffs, for uh, for a team to have so many injuries to so to several key players um, and make the playoffs in a year like that, it is pretty impressive. Uh, because yeah, usually usually that's not happening. I mean, Alex Edler only played in forty games, and he's <laughs> and that I mean that's a huge that he's playing he's playing eighteen minutes a game. That's uh actually the last the, his last four games he's been up above twenty three of those four games. Uh, so I mean he's he's playing a lot of minutes, eating up tons of minutes for this team. And uh, I look at a guy like Alex Edler who has. He has playoff experience. Uh, you look at some of the other defensemen on this team, and uh, there's there really isn't other than Olimata. But are we are we uh, resting our laurels on Olimata? Not really. Uh, but Alex Edler has been around the block quite a few times, uh, so he's got that playoff experience. I think that he's probably a pretty important player for the LA Kings, especially without Drew Doughty. Uh, he's kind of their He's like their number, I don't know, their number two guy, right? Like, So it's uh, it, it'll be important that he is maybe used as a guy to to settle that back end down. We know we know the, the core up front. I mean, obviously, Philip Deneau just went to the finals last year. Anze Kopitar has been there before. He's won a couple cups. So is Dustin Brown. Uh, there's there's not a lack of playoff experience up front, but, uh, but on the back end, uh, I think it's Alex Edler's going to have to carry a little more than what we're we're used to seeing, but he's been doing pretty well. Yeah, well said. Yeah, especially I mean, you look at this this group of you know defensemen, right? Sean Dursey's been you know a revelation this year, and like I mentioned, Matt Roy and yeah. and, and Mickey Anderson are going to be guys that are going to be more shut down defenders. So, um, and then they got such a young guy in Jordan Spence you know, playing some minutes there too. Who knows what kind of playoff time he'll get, but you know, still right. Alexander is, you know, Alexander Edler is the the veteran, the, you know, the, the big father of the group. So he's, he's going to be relied upon, I think a little bit more. So yeah, hopefully he can, uh, he can still move his legs and, and bring it. There you go. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's hear your pick for this series. Who do you think is going to take this one? Okay. Yeah. I think uh, honestly, it's just going to come down to Edmonton winning the series in six games. Six games. Um, yeah, I think the special teams is going to be a little bit too much. Um, that back end is going to get a taste of what it's like to have to play Drysidle and McDavid, and so yep. I think it'll be close. But um, ultimately, I think Edmonton comes out on top. Boy, I, Edmonton's just been rolling, um, and LA's kind of had to. They've, re- I mean, they played really well down the stretch uh, when it looked like they might miss and. Vegas was catching, coming real close to their heels. They uh, they they pulled their bootstraps up, and they they've they've been able to uh, to secure a playoff spot for themselves. I I wonder if they've been going at playoff pace for too long. 
they'll make sure. the playoffs. They might they might be able to even steal one in Edmonton just because of how well they've been playing down the stretch. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Edmonton takes this one. Uh, things are so tight. It's so hard to call series in like four or five games because it's really hard to win five games or four games in a row, let alone four out of five, especially against since playoff teams this year more than ever. I mean, we, we've seen now it's a uh, we talked about it last show, actually, like, dang, there's a lot of teams with a lot of points. We now have a record for the most teams with 100 points in the playoffs um, <laughs> at 13. So that's the most. So the much most. for Gary Batman's balance. Dude, Gary <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Dude, Joe Biden calling him Gary Batman. <laughs> Killed me. Killed. And then who was it losing his mind right behind? Headman. Headman dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. I loved it. Oh, Gary Batman. I mean, that's like. How how do you not like when you present the Stanley Cup? Gary Bettman needs to come out in a Superman uh, in a Batman costume. Oh, absolutely! That would be the greatest thing that he's ever done in his thirty years of service to the league. <laughs> that would be that would be spectacular. Or I mean, shoot, just the like just the little eye mask would be amazing. I I I, I would go for like a little lapel pin on his suit. Sure, just sure, anything, Batman anything, logo. just just. Just to let us know you you like to have fun and party. Uh, <laughs> Gary likes to party. Uh, okay, let's. Oh yeah, my 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 pick. Uh, I can't I can't. Oh you know this series. You know we'll just say they're going to push it. I'll go seven games. Okay. Seven games. The Kings push it. They uh, they maybe win a couple games early in this series. They might go up two one, and then the Oilers come come steaming back. Um, but I I, I just think they're going to be too tired. And uh, and that their back end is just going to be just going to get run down by McDavid and Drysaitel over seven games. Too much for them. Uh, there's some other teams in the West that can handle it, but not the Kings. Okay, let's go to our other decided series. At this point, uh, we don't know who has home ice advantage, but we do know that the Minnesota Wild will take on the St. Louis Blues uh, in the first round. So, with that said, Justin. Uh, what what stands out to you right off the bat in this series? What stands out? Oh, the physicality we're going to get out of this series. I am excited for a physical series with these two teams. Uh, man, I mean, yeah. I mean, outside of that, really, uh, if I had to pick something else, right, that's just an obvious stat line, then you can just look at both these, these teams and say, oh, this is going to be exciting, is the amount of goal scorers that both teams have. I mean, Frick. Yeah, twenty goal St. scorers. Louis yeah, has got like 20, 20 goal scorers. I, <laughs> I mean, what one, two, three? They've got not. I, they've got eight twenty goal scorers right now, and it looks like Ryan O'Reilly's probably. I mean, I hope he gets another one so they can have a total of nine, which would just be yeah, fantastic. Um, and then yeah, same with I mean, Kirill the thrill. I'm just excited to see him in there. Kevin Fiala, this will make for a very exciting playoff series, these guys. And and honestly, Matt Boldy, coming out of nowhere, he's just taken that second line and and just made it exciting and, and created a lot of depth for this Minnesota team that's just been just so fun to watch, right? I mean, Minnesota teams of the past have been just dreadful defensive teams, kind of like, you know, you're going to go out there and win 2-1, to one, one nothing right. games. But now we, we look at this Minnesota team and, 
they are one of the top scoring teams in the league. So I just I look at it. Okay, they have they're fifth in goals for goals for per game, and St. Louis is fourth in goals for per game. So I expect a pretty dang good series out of both these teams, and hopefully, I don't want to say I want a high scoring series, but oh, that would be give okay me a high me. scoring series. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, let's start on that that back end. Um, by the way, just. Just to start it off properly, I feel like we can't have this discussion about this series un- until this has been said. That the St. Louis Blues, over the past three seasons, are 12-1 and against the Minnesota Wild. The, this, this is, in terms of regular season matchups, uh, this is the most lopsided uh, records against each other. Uh, Yes, uh, twelve and one in the last three seasons, and that includes three and zero this year, and six and zero six and one last year. So last year they beat them once out of seven. <laughs> oh my! Uh, now I know, I know that there's you know obviously some of these teams are a little bit different. Kevin Fiala didn't come to the Minnesota Wild until uh, the trade deadline last year, right? Was that last year or was that the year before? It all runs together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Fiala, uh, I guess that. I mean, I guess that was the year before. Oh my gosh, that was two years before. Dude, Where the Fiala has f- been? It's been a couple years. Yeah, it has been. Uh, okay, see ya, see ya, bye. Yeah, I'm just going to stop gonna get talking. Paid. That's all I'm going to say this year. He's going to get paid. Yeah, he's going to get. He's going to get a lot of money. Um, but anyways, so they're they're over the last two seasons. So I mean, the last two seasons we've got pretty much the like the same roster for the most part minus you know, like Mark Andre Fleury was not a was not a uh, a wild Tarasenko though wasn't didn't really play last year at all so there's also that the other way um so it's yeah it's going to be uh i think it's going to be tough to overlook that as as you kind of go down the down the line because obviously St. Louis has their number i'm just saying that St. Louis has their number yeah, I mean, there's something to be said, right? I mean, if you're, for example, if you're Toronto and you have to go in and play Boston, right? There's there's that mental edge. You could just you could look at Boston and say, well, they've always vanquished Toronto in the first round. So, you know, is that mental part of that going to play a factor in the series, right? And if you're Minnesota, do you look at that and say, crap, you know, St. Louis has beaten us. We haven't been able to to win a single game. It seems like in ten years against them. <laughs> so, are we going to do it in the playoffs, right? I mean, granted, yes, this season, if you look at the games that they played. They've all been really, really close. I mean, the last two, eight, this month of April, Minnesota has lost in overtime to both, you know, to, to St. Louis both games. And then the game before that, on January 1st, they lost to St. Louis 6-4. to four. So all these games have been very high-scoring affairs. Yeah, and we'll go ahead and throw out any game that goes to OT. I mean, at that point, you can, in some respects, say the result in overtime is not going to, to reflect a playoff game, right? Like, there's no three on three in the playoffs, so right. so you're you're not going to be that that we can throw out the out the window, I, I suppose. Uh, in some in some respects, you know that it doesn't matter. We're not playing three on three, uh, barring double penalties for both teams at the same time. <laughs> We're not playing three on three. I would love to see that though. That would be that would phenomenal. be phenomenal. Um, by the way, did you see that Mark Andre Fleury said he's going to play one more season? Yes, I did, and I'm hoping that maybe somehow Minnesota can 
work out their issues uh, financially to to keep him and Kevin Fiala around. That would be great. But only if uh, he's willing to sign like a a one times one <laughs> kind of deal. I don't I don't know. I think he's going to Joe Thornton it and just sign one year deals until he just literally feels like quitting. Yeah. Um, well, no one will give him. No one's given him more than a one year deal at this point. I don't think. No. You don't want to risk all, a guy retiring and being stuck with some cap hit that you don't want no, no, to. No. But you still got to pay. Flurry, he still would command a, a pretty decent number. You just you can't go Joe yeah. Thornton with him and give him a, no. a league minimum or one mil. So he might be like depending on the team, he might be willing to go and take four or five million. Maybe yeah, maybe he's less. licking his chops at uh, Colorado if Darcy Kemper doesn't work out in the playoffs. He that can go over there. And, yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I well, digress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- from a defensive standpoint. Uh, who do you think has the edge in this series? The Blues. Ooh. The Blues snagged. Uh, they they snagged Nick Letty, so he kind of slides in there. He uh, he solidifies that back end a little bit. Uh, you know, Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, Tory Krug. They they have some uh, some solid defensemen. I mean, they have more than one top pairing defenseman. I'll say they've they've got three <laughs> that could play yeah. on almost any team's top pairing. Yeah, they do. I mean, Tory Krug, when he's been healthy, has been great. And same with uh, Justin Falk seems to have found another level this year. I don't know where he came from. Just at both ends of the ice, right? He can he plays so good defensively already. He was he was doing that when he first came to St. Louis, but now he just he turned his offensive game back up to where it was when he was in Carolina. So uh, that's been great to see. And of course, Parenko is just you know humming along like he normally does. Uh, and I will admit, Nick Letty, he's been playing much better coming here from Detroit. And I mean, granted that does, you know, happen when you play with right. much better offensive players. So, uh, you're going to have a little bit more success, but I mean, most yeah. people forget he was, he was very good offensively in the Island when he was playing with, you know, some, some decent offensive players. But now I think he's, he's playing with an even better system, even better offensive forwards. So yeah, he actually uh, has had three, uh, double digit goal scoring seasons. Um, albeit, you know, five, six years ago, but, uh, yeah, he, he was like a, a 40, 30, 40 point guy. Uh, and then he went to Detroit and he kind of became a 20 point guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, outside of Larkin and Bertuzzi, right. There wasn't much the last couple of years for him, right. but, um, I mean, I will say, you know, he's 31 years old. He still, he still has his legs. He can still move the puck out of the offensive zone very, very well. Um, I mean, look, he's playing second pairing minutes where I think he, he is best suited for. So you pair him with a guy like Colton Perenko and uh, looks pretty dang good to me. So uh, give me more Letty. And then they, I mean, they've got, you know, this, this Callie Rosen guy coming up too. He's looked pretty good. Freaking from the Leafs, man. Yeah. That's... So they, <laughs> they've got a, a bevy of riches and uh, you know, even Marco Scandella, a guy who beginning of the season, I thought was going to be a cap casualty of this team at some point this year. Ha- hasn't looked too bad. Um, in limited minutes, you know, playing 18 minutes a night on average. So, you know, if they need to call upon him, it's not the worst thing in the world. And then, you know, I mean, look, I think if I had to pick one team between the two of these, I would probably tank St. Louis at this point. Um, Mm. You know, don't get me wrong. I like what Minnesota has on the back end. They, I mean, you know, but uh, to me, I, I think a guy like, you know, Matt Dumba, I've, I've wanted more out of him this whole entire year, as well as a guy like, you know, you look at, you know, who's been playing, you know, in front of him on the, on the offensive charts, you know, Dmitry Kulikov has looked rejuvenated this year. 
and Jared Spurgeon's been playing well, like I expected. And Jonas Brodine is just, you know, he's a defensive guy. So, you know, you're going to get what you get. But Matt Dumba, I just, I want a little bit more. You know, I see Goligovsky too, playing better. I, I, everybody seems to be playing better offensively than Matt Dumba, in my opinion. Now, not to say he hasn't been playing bad by any means, but uh, for the guy that is, you know, second behind Jonas Brodine and ice time on this team, I expect a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, the the Blues just have uh, well, yeah, yeah. The, the I know we're talking the Wild. I'm just I, I'm thinking, and what is the equivalent of Matt Dumba on the on the Blues? You know, Matt Dumba he's having that eh, not the best season in comparison to many of his peers. Um, who's that guy on the Blues? Maybe you're looking at like Tyler Bozak, who I know he's 35 now, but he. He's only got 12 points this year. Uh, he he does have two points in his last four games, so maybe playing a little bit better. Um, but yeah, he's been uh, he's he he has lacked production, and this might be his last chance. Honestly, if uh, if he comes out and he he can't do anything in the playoffs, I mean he's you know he he's only got a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar cap. I can't imagine anyone's going to sign him next year. Um, a guy with three goals over 50 games, a 36-year-old. He's 36, actually, now. Uh, yeah, Bozak, yep. So uh, uh, this might be his last chance. And, you know, when your back's against the wall and you know you got to do something and, and you've got nothing to lose and you have the experience of being in the playoffs, uh, although, uh, you know, maybe some would say that it's bad experience <laughs> because he lost every time. <laughs> well, no, he he won a cup with St. Louis. He, he's, he's won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but still, I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, but man, St. Louis just had, like you look like David Perron and Brendan Saad. I mean, David Perron just it kind of seems like wow, David Perron's having a having a really nice year. That's unex. Nope, he always has a nice year. He's he such a, like does. a quietly spectacular player. Maybe he might be one of, like maybe the most underrated second line player in the league. But for the last like what? Almost ten years, he's been underrated on the back. He he'll score almost tw- he'll score twenty goals basically every year. Practically every year, he's scoring twenty goals, and he's getting fifty points every year. I mean, out of the last uh, five seasons, he had fifty points four of those seasons, and the only season he didn't, he only played fifty-seven games. So fifty-seven, <laughs> forty-six points in fifty-seven games. He was definitely going to break sixty points in that year. He probably would have scored thirty goals too. So I mean, he's just. It's these guys that, uh, like Brendan Saad, he only had 24 points all last year, and he doubled that up, 48, might have 50 by the end of the year. Uh, St. Louis is so deep. Like, so are the Wild, and that's what makes this series really exciting is that you're not going to have this huge drop-off of, uh, oh, here's the bottom six playing each other, and they're, you know, let's see, let's watch them battle it out. No, I mean, they're... The bottom six for both of these teams is pretty darn good. I mean, it's it's going to be a uh, a dog fight. This is going to be a hell of a series. Um, I don't. I like. It almost doesn't matter who wins the series because whoever does is going to be limping out to play Colorado in the next exactly. round. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, that's that's got to be terrifying. So I mean, Colorado's got to be looking at it. I mean, I know there's no guarantees. Colorado's not guaranteed to move on, uh, but. You, you'd have to look ahead and go, we are going to get a beat-up team in the in the second round. And uh, that and it just goes to show how important winning that first seed is 
you look all over the place. You know, you look. You've got Toronto, Tampa. They're they're locked in. It looks like they're going to play each other almost certainly. Uh, and then the Rangers, either Rangers, Pittsburgh, Rangers, Boston, uh, Washington. One way or another, uh, it's it's not going to be a fun first round for any of those teams. Uh, really, Edmonton's the only team that you could make the argument that they have a a decent first round pull for a, a second place team in the division to have to play the third place. I mean, which we knew coming into the year. You know, we we said, hey, this uh, outside of. I mean, I know everybody was saying Vegas, but it was like Edmonton's going to be the second place team in this division probably, and whoever they pull in the first round is not going to be as powerhouse-ish of a team, which is true. L.A. is not a powerhouse uh, yet. Uh, so, I mean, this, man, I, I just feel bad for all the two threes because <laughs> whoever wins <laughs> is uh, is going to get, it's, it's going to be blasted. I mean, that, that does happen pretty frequently but um we haven't really talked about goaltending yet uh what do you think about this match i mean first off Vili huso are we going huso for uh for the blues boy you know 25 six and six yeah bingington's been looking okay as of lately so uh you know he's he's kind of quietly making a case i mean he's he's won four out of his last five games and he's looked pretty decent in, in almost all of them, except for that game against Arizona. I, I will, um, you know, kind of sweep that one aside. Yeah, right? still it's one. Like when you, right. Yeah, I, still one. He hasn't been, I mean, yeah, he, he beat Nashville. Um, but you're beating Buffalo, San Jose, beat Arizona. You lost to Colorado, though. Uh, yeah, who doesn't? So, um, right. But, right. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, right, I think, just the way he's played. And, and you look at, too, the other thing is when you look at the games and the opponents they've been playing, right, you've had Billy Huso playing Boston twice, Minnesota twice, Anaheim. And so you look at his competition, yeah. and you know that Huso is playing the tougher opponent right now. And so that, to me, kind of signals that, well, the coach is really he's, leaning towards Billy yeah. Huso at this he's point. He's going. He might not have I, – I think that he'll have a decent rope. Uh, but if something happened to Huso – you can live with it. You can live with right. Jordan Bennington. I but mean, I and, do and Jordan Bennington is definitely a competitor. I have no doubt if he gets the opportunity in the playoffs that he will give you everything he has. Yeah, without a doubt. And I do think, it, to me, I mean, this is, look, this is Billy Huso's second season. He played 17 games last year, and this is the most he's ever played, not a single playoff game to his name in the NHL. And to me, I think the, the leash is extremely short. If he comes in there game one and puts up a stinker, I think they probably go to to Bingington in game two. Really, I mean, it, if Minnesota walks all over them, right? But uh, here's the I other doubt- here, here's the other thing. I mean, and, and we can go back to to Minnesota too. Uh, between Mark Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot, both of whom have had uh, really nice stretches. Uh, man, I wonder if this series isn't like. Hey, all right, we're going with the other guy this tonight, <laughs> just because because they can keep him rested. I I don't know. I uh, especially if you see a game that goes into I I don't know. I could see it between these two teams. I could see a game going to double, triple overtime, maybe. Uh, if that happens, do you not? Go, and you maybe have a you've got a game in two days. Do you not go? You know, actually, we're going to go with our uh, our other guy. We we don't have a backup goalie here. We have two starting goaltenders. Why wouldn't we use them both? We we have we have six defensemen. We use all of them, so let's use all our goaltenders. You, I I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it might. It it'll be hard to play a different goalie if he if you win. You know, if you win the game, you're probably going with the same goalie. But I don't know. Maybe you just go, hey, we're gonna roll the dice and we're gonna play multiple goalies and and see what happens. I it it could be very interesting down the stretch here or in the in this series because both these teams really do have the ability to play both goaltenders. Not because a goalie's playing bad, but because they go, you know, we don't. Our goaltender can rest. It's fine. He doesn't have to play every game. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I do think Minnesota is going to rotate goaltenders. Um, listen, I mean, Cam Talbot has played, you know, he went through a little bit of a slump prior to the deadline. And the minute Marc-Andre Fleury came in, he just turned his game up to a whole nother level. Like he looked at the beginning of the season, which has been great. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has been, been good in Minnesota as well. And I think, you know, again, with his playoff experience, right, you don't want to discount that. And so I think, you know, especially, look, I mean, typically when you look at the NHL playoffs, they've always started before the NBA playoffs. I don't know why that's always been the case. It's just the way the schedule works out. But Yeah, because usually COVID, the NBA starts in November, like right. early November, and, and hockey starts early October. Yeah. And in this case, right, it's just the opposite. The NHL is – you know, starting their playoffs a little bit later. And so I think there's going to be a push to, um, I don't, I don't want to say that they're going to have tighter schedules, but I, I don't think there's going to be larger gaps in between series. Maybe not that, that two day break between, uh, the home, like when they have to travel. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So I think there's going to be, you know, there might even be a couple back to backs in here. And so to me, I think Minnesota is a prime candidate to have these goaltenders rotate because again, both of them are playing you know, good hockey. I think Mark Andre Fleury's playoff experience is going to shine through, and he's going to definitely. I mean, both these guys are competitors, and you know, I think if any team's going to play both goaltenders, it would be Minnesota. I do remember there was a couple times where there was a series that went to Game Seven, and they they played a back to back. Maybe it happened once or twice uh, because of the scheduling. It was it was weird, but uh, sure. I I know the league doesn't want to do that. I don't think there's going to be back to backs. Uh, no, especially when you're traveling, right? I mean, you don't want to no. ever have to point to that and be like, well, shoot, that's why we got, you know, right, that's right. why we lost because right. we retired. Very true. All right, Justin, let's hear your pick. Who do you think is going to take this series? This one is, uh, a, is a little bit, uh, a little closer to me than the than the previous one. Yeah, I will. I will agree with you. And I think, I don't want to call it an up, upset because I think no matter who you pick, you know, um, the other, <laughs> the other team's going to be upset, but um, I'm going to go out and say Minnesota wins this series in seven. Okay. Um, I think it's it's easier to pick the Blues. I think just given their their playoff experience, they've got the the Stanley Cup ring, um, they've got more 20 goal scores. But I ultimately think it's just going to come down to goaltending, in my opinion. And whenever I have to, whenever I have a toss up on series, I always go to goaltending. To me, that's the difference maker. And I think Cam Talbot is going to be good. I think Mark Andre Fleury, if he plays, he's going to be good. Um, and I don't have a lot of faith in Billy Huso and Bingington like I would in Minnesota. So to me, I'm just going to give the edge to Minnesota in seven. I I think this is probably going to be the highest scoring series of them all. That's what I'm going to say. Ooh. So, uh, I, I have to pick St. Louis here. Um, they've played so well. They just seem to have Minnesota's number, and it seems to be because it's a they just have so many mismatches. Um, St. Louis can play Minnesota's game the way that not a lot of teams can. Uh, I, I got to go St. Louis. Now, now here's the funny thing. I think that I think that Minnesota matches up better with Colorado than St. Louis, but I think St. Louis matches up against Minnesota better than than so than St. Louis would against Colorado. Uh, 
So I, I think that Minnesota is going to lose this series. It's going to be tight. I think it'll be six games, though. Six games. Okay. And now, okay, Here here's what I'll say. If St. Louis gets home ice advantage, it'll be six games. If Minnesota gets home ice advantage, it'll be seven. Okay, I'm putting you down for six. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, six. <laughs> that's fine. All right, well, that's our show. Uh, we'll do more playoff previews as soon as uh, as soon as they become available to us and we know who's going to play whom. Uh, I guess we... We pretty much know that Tampa's going to play Toronto. It's going to be a, it'll be a heck of a stretch if uh, the Bruins can win the last two and Tampa doesn't get a point in the last two. Uh, that would be, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I kind of, I want a Boston Toronto series. I'm just, I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, Justin, any last words? But I would love to see that too. Are you kidding me? Uh, exercise those demons because I think. Uh... You know, after that shellacking Tampa put on Toronto, maybe they're not looking forward to uh, to playing them in the first round. Yeah, so. they were asleep. <laughs> Let's were, hope so. They were asleep, and I don't think Austin Matthews wasn't playing either. He wasn't, but yeah. I'm I'm excited to see him going this 60. playoff. More than, I think more than any other player, I'm I'm more excited to see Austin Matthews compete in the playoffs this year. Uh, even more so than Connor McDavid, I think. You know, obviously Matthews doesn't have as much to prove as a guy like McDavid. But I just I want to see Matthews rip it up and score like, you know, if if he went to the Stanley Cup Finals, for example, like twenty four games, I want to see him put up like thirty goals. I want, yeah, somebody, I mean, th- no one's ever scored twenty goals in the playoffs. I, I find that very it's very it's almost it's funny like no one's ever scored twenty goals, nineteen goals. I think it's done three times. Um, so we'll we'll see if somebody could get twenty goals, that'd be pretty epic. Matthews uh, could do it, and Matthews would be the guy to do it. Uh, you'd think that either him or Ovechkin would have done it at this point. But uh, all right, that's our show. Find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Justin, have a good rest of your day. To our listeners, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the NHL's regular season.
his, his have his debut tonight against the Flyers, uh, or or if it'll be here in the near future. But uh, I think th- that type of player is very important for the Leafs because they they need to be able to to give Simmons give Spezza some time uh, to just kind of gear up for the playoffs. I I think you've seen it, Wayne Simmons. This is probably his last year. My guess is he retires after this year. To be honest, um, he's played, he's played quite bad. He's getting he's getting healthy scratched all the time. Um, he's just slow. <laughs> he's slow. Yep. Yeah. And unless something really changes, unless he really goes to work, loses weight, and you know, and and is able to get some of that speed back. Uh, I mean, even his hands just don't look as good. Spets's hands are still there. Um, I think with Spetsa, it's just a matter of like just give him a little time off and uh, and have him you know. Don't have him play every night. In my opinion, that's what I would do. But he might tell you he wants to play every night, and I say, too bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I I think also Jack Campbell is he's the key. He's the key to it all. Uh, who is your number two? My number two is the guy you mentioned earlier, and I promised we would wait to talk about, and that is Alex Lafreniere. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. He's the second most important player coming into the playoffs. I absolutely think so because, again, we we talked about it to start this list off, how important third lines are going to be to team successes. And, uh, listen, the Rangers got lucky, and I shouldn't say get lucky. I think they traded wisely because, to me, this was a guy who I thought was going to be an under-the-radar type of move, just like a Max Domi, but he seems to have paid off even better at this point uh, when they acquired Andrew Kopp, right? Ryan Strom's gone down with injury for the last couple of games, and Kopp has stepped in just phenomenally, but – it gives you flexibility, right? Frank Vetrano is another acquisition they made who has turned yeah. out extremely well. Um, and now you're able to put him on the right wing where he actually is suited for to score some goals. And it gives you the opportunity to move Alex, Alexis, um, down to your third line, right? You can put him on his left wing where he's most comfortable, where he's a natural player at. And you give him that opportunity to really go out there and, and score some goals. But the reason I put him a little bit higher on this list is just because You know, I look at his production that he's had through the course of the season. In, you know, 67 games, he's played with phenomenal players. Like you mentioned, Chris Kreider, you know, only 25 points and 13 goals, or I'm sorry, 15 goals to go for it. Um, I need more out of of this guy, you know. I I, I think especially if this team's going to be, uh, and, and granted, all 15 of those goals are even strength goals too, so he sees no power play time at all. Um you know, I think if this this team wants to have some have long term success in the playoffs, they need a third line that can contribute, and that's one of the reasons they they brought in Goudreau, right? So he can be that third line guy he was in Tampa, and Philip Scheidel is is going to be Philip Scheidel. He's going to you know bring you good third line production, and so Lafreniere's got to step it up and and be that go to guy in the third line. Yeah, I I don't I I agree. Obviously, I have him on my list. Um, Part of me feels as though he is just he's so overrated because of where he was taken in the draft <clears throat> and that really he's probably ends up being no more than a, a nice second line winger. Uh, we'll see how he actually pans out. But at the same time, the playoffs are that time where a young guy, it's a fresh season kind of deal. And some of these young players, they go, oh, I get it. And then they have a pl- the playoff of their life. And then the rest of their career kind of takes off from there. So uh, I do 
you know, maybe that's that. Maybe that's Alex Lafreniere. Uh, I I hope for his sake. I hope that it is. Unless he's playing right. the Leafs, then I hope that and, it doesn't happen. <laughs> right, and you look at you know again, Capo Caco has been out with injury, and I know there's been talks again with one of these two guys possibly getting moved. Uh, you know, it was at the deadline they were thinking about moving one of those guys, and I think if if you're going to seize an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, this is why you should keep me, and maybe if, especially I, again, this is a big what if if management's thinking this. Um, if Chris Drury's up there thinking, okay, I need to move one of these guys and bring in another piece, say we don't go far in the playoffs, uh, this is your opportunity to give him a reason to keep you. Yep, yep, 100%. Um, okay, on to the number one. Who do you have? So I've got a tandem, uh, and you've already talked about them, but for me, I don't think there's any other tandem that's Not going to equate. Yeah, the, the, the Edmonton Oilers goaltending is going to be so – Listen, they've just got to be better, right? If if Edmonton wants to go deep, especially if you end up in a series where you you face another Winnipeg that shuts down McDavid and Dreisaitl, right? I mean, you know, Evander Kane was brought in to help kind of alleviate that so you don't have to pair those two superstars together and you hope to spread out the offense. But if for some reason offensively they get stymied and they just can't produce, you've got to have good goaltending back there, right? The goaltending's got to bail you out. And right now I would not look back at that goaltending and say, okay, they're capable of bailing them out. Right. And and what I'll say is that while you're number one I'll tandem, you're asking them kind of to do something that either they have never done or in Mike Smith's case has not really done in a long time. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's it's almost like you're it's like a grasping at straws for the Oilers, right? Like and I think a lot of people recognize that that hey, you know, you can you can tell these guys to step it up all you want. But they're incapable. It's just, you, you know, you, some people, they you can try as hard as you want. And Nick Foligno is not going to be Connor McDavid. Just like the Oilers goaltending is not going to be good. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just, I, I just, I don't see it happening. Now, does it mean that they can't be good for a game? No. I mean, they, they'll have like nice little flashes in the pan. Uh, and maybe that's enough to get them through the first round, you know, beating a, an, an L.A. Do I think they have what it takes to beat L.A.? Yeah, probably. Can they beat Calgary in their present situation? No. No. I mean, Calgary's goaltending, their defense, their depth far exceeds anything the Oilers have. The only thing the Oilers have is McDavid and Dreisaitl. Let's face it, that's it. And Evander Kane helps, but uh, everything else is just kind of been what it is it's it isn't much different than than what we've seen in the past uh, my number one is a little more like you've done it before and and we've seen it this season but we need to see it from a a, a huge crazy extent you need to go on your hottest run you've ever had and that's Connor Hellebuck if the Winnipeg Ooh. Jets are going to make the playoffs Connor Hellebuck, who, frankly, I mean, he's playing really well. He's won four of his last five games, and, uh, and granted, two of those games, he uh, two of those five, one of the win, one the the one loss, he allowed four goals, but he got a shutout and uh, allowed one and two goals in the other ones. Uh, he's been playing well the last five games, um, and he's won what seven of seven of nine. So it, it's not as if uh, or four six of six of. Uh, nine. 
So, or six of eight. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it's there. Connor Hellebuck has it in him. And if the Winnipeg Jets are to make the playoffs, I mean, there, there's no other team that has a player like Connor Hellebuck who you could say, honest to God, that guy could, these last 13 games of the season, they could win 11 of them because of Connor Hellebuck. It's a stretch, sure, but if they are going to make the playoffs, he is the most important player in the league right now for any team to make the playoffs, especially with where they sit on the outside looking in. They've they've got one game in hand on Vegas, and Dallas has three games in hand on them. They're four points back. Like there's the the math is against them. But I think if they were to win ten of their last thirteen games, that would put them at ninety six points. Ninety six is that enough to get them in? I don't know. That might, and we might be seeing in the West a hundred points is what you need to get into the playoffs. Ooh. Or pretty close, maybe 98. But anyways, uh, 10, 10 wins out of their last uh, 13 games would put them at 96 points, which in general has gotten you into the playoffs. Can, can Connor Hellebuck help this team go 10-3 and three in their last 13 games? He'd be, the only, he'd be the one that has to do it. Yeah, the one thing I will say for Winnipeg, right, and maybe why I didn't put Connor Hellebuck or anybody really from Winnipeg on my list is the fact that I think as a team collectively, everybody needs to play at their best, right? Because they are so far out of the playoffs right now uh, in terms of, you know, remaining games and the points there. They're behind Dallas and, and Vegas sure. right now. Sure. Um, they really need everybody to play at their their most elite levels that they've had, right? I mean, you if, if there's any time to be in playoff mode, it is right now, right? You want guys stepping up. Uh, you want your Shifley's, your Blake Wheeler's. You want those guys playing at a point-per-game production. And you need Hollabuck stepping up with, like, 925 save percentages every single night at least. So I'm thinking, um, like, 9-4, 9-5. It might, yeah, might be, <laughs> might be needed, right? Um, because, again, the hole they've dug themselves into early in the season. And, uh, you know, lately it, it looks like these guys have been kind of doing that. They've been stepping up and where you kind of hope they would have been at the beginning of the year. And, um, look, I – to me, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's a, a well-chosen number one and a guy that I won't argue with on anybody's list. But, he's your boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still think he's you know a quality top-ten goaltender, but um, I just think, again, as a team and as a whole, I think there's just so many players on this team I could pick, and maybe that's why I had a hard time putting them on my list. But, again, not going to fault you for doing it. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's our... Uh... What, top 10 players that need to pick it up? There you go. Uh, we will uh, we will be back soon. You can find us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. Until then, Justin, have a good rest of your weekend. And uh, to our listeners, enjoy all the hockey. We'll talk to you later.